Welcome to Women in the Arena podcast, the podcast celebrating women doing extraordinary things in plain sight. I'm your host, Audra Egan, and our mission is to elevate the value, strength, and resilience each woman brings to the world. Without further delay, let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me again this week. We are continuing our conversation about mental health, and my guest today is a very courageous woman who's agreed to be very vulnerable in regards to a very sensitive subject. She does so in the hope that it provides some support or even the knowledge to another listener that they're not alone in their pain and that there is hope on the other side and there are resources I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. So without further delay, let's start the show. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for joining me again this week. I'm spending this entire month of April dedicated to mental health and its importance in our life and the effects that we might be feeling if it gets neglected. This week, I'm joined by Amanda Collier, who is a full-time advertising executive. She also is the mother to the sweetest little boy, Luca, and he has inspired her to recently launch a blog and brand, Amanda Balancing Life. And it's dedicated to assisting other moms help with all of those trials and tribulations that come along with motherhood, with being a professional, and trying to handle all of them all at the same time. I am excited for you to meet her. I want to welcome you here today. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm so glad that you said yes to discuss with us your journey of mental health. Tell us a little bit about that experience and where it has led you. So I guess I would start with prior to even getting pregnant with Luca, um, I was, as you mentioned, working in advertising as an account executive, and I had a pretty successful career and things were going great. And when I decided that I wanted to start a family, um, you know, I had to start thinking about what would my life look like having a family and being a working mom. And I kind of had this idea in my head that I wanted to be that mom that could just do it all and, you know, be an awesome mom and still have my career all at the same time. So I kind of had this idea in my head of what I thought things would look like (laughs) once um, I had my baby and again, being a, um, a working mom. I mean, you, you are not unlike many of us that had this idea, this perception of what being a working mom would look like, being a mom in general, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, that's a gross exaggeration, (laughs) but many of us have looked at it and thought, we're going to get our ideas from the media. We're going to get our ideas from what's fed to us on on television, on magazines, uh, in books, that there are all these women that have it all together. And most of us realize that that's not necessarily the case. And 
you started into this this process. You were pregnant. You were excited. You were looking forward to being this idea of what you thought a mom would be, but that was not to be the case. So where did your journey take you from there as as you were pregnant with, before you were pregnant with Luca, then you became pregnant with Luca and you started this moving forward into your new reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I started thinking about, well, how do I, you know, balance work, life, family life? And again, I kind of had this idea of balance being synonymous with doing it all and finding a way to do it all and do it well. And I kind of bought into that idea of, okay, so this is what how it's going to work. I'm going to um, find a good daycare for Luca to go to and um, go to work and it'll just all come together. It just seems so simple, I guess, that once you have a baby, you just, <laughs> everything kind of falls into place. But yeah, once I had Luca, um, I was on maternity leave for 14 weeks and I'm so grateful that I was able to have that time um, at home with my son and being able to focus on taking care of him. But I think the point where it really changed and where I really realized that it was going to be much more difficult than I thought was as soon as I went back to work. That's when reality set in. Yeah, exactly. Like that whole time I was on maternity leave, I was able to 100% just focus on being at home with my son and taking care of him. And I really didn't have to worry yet about what it would look like balancing, you know, my life before I had a baby. Yeah, they don't tell you what the reality is going to look like because the, the truth is, is that reality is different for everybody. Not everybody experiences the same way as you do or I did. Everybody's experience is different. Once you got back to work and started to try and put yourself into routine, what was your response at that point? It was very different than I thought it would be. Um, as soon Around the time when I went back to work, my son actually was getting very sick. And I was having to leave work often to take him to doctor's appointments. Um, I couldn't stay late at work with the team because I had to pick him up from daycare. Um, You know, all these things. It was like I was feeling guilty as an employee that I was just off for 14 weeks. And now I'm coming back and having to leave to go attend to my son. Um, And I felt like I couldn't be there 100% of the time, or I couldn't focus because I had to say, oh, I need to go, you know, take my son to a doctor's appointment, or he's sick today, and I need to stay home. So that I really struggled with kind of feeling guilty that I wasn't 100% available to be at work. And so that's when I started struggling with, oh my gosh, how do I balance this? And then he ended up in the hospital for a few days. And obviously I had to be there with him and I could not be at work. Um, And again, I felt guilty for not being there. So that I think was really just a mental struggle for me. Well, I know that as a result of that, and I'm going to be very sensitive to what we're going to to discuss next, is that as a result of that, of the pressure, the guilt of trying to be a good professional and a good mom at the same time while taking care of a sick child, triggered a postpartum depression, which is not unusual, 
many women suffer from postpartum depression. I suffered from postpartum depression with my son, but it's something that we don't talk about. So I personally felt incredibly guilty that I was feeling bad about this. It's supposed to be something that's joyous for me at this time, but I felt horrible. So that made it even worse. I know that you were already struggling with a significant level of guilt because you were trying to do it all and couldn't. How did you handle the this new feeling of depression? Or did you even recognize it initially? You know, I did not recognize it at first. I think when they like the stigma that you have of what postpartum depression is, it, I think is the most extreme situations. And you think that it's going to be that you're feeling so sad or that you don't have a connection with your baby or you can't get out of bed. And I didn't experience any of that. But what happened was um, my son ended up getting diagnosed with life-threatening food allergies and my entire world changed. I mean, I had to rethink how... I was feeding him, how we were feeding our family. Um, and I had been nursing him completely up until that point. And all of a sudden, he couldn't take my breast milk. And it was just all of these emotions for me of things that I felt I should be doing as a good mom that all of a sudden um, wasn't what was best for my child. So I was so focused on that and trying to make sure I was keeping him healthy that he became the priority and my own health, I think, really took a backseat. And I didn't recognize it until he was about 10 months old. So I was 10 months postpartum and I started getting physically ill. Um, I was very sick and I didn't know what was wrong. I still at that point did not even recognize that maybe I was dealing with depression and anxiety. I had moments where I felt like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't eat anything for two weeks and I started losing a lot of weight because I wasn't eating. And, you know, I had this moment that I think about now where because I had lost so much weight, people were giving me compliments saying, oh, my gosh, you look so great, you know, because you have a 10 month old baby and you, you know, you look great. And I that made me feel awful. Um, you know, I can't describe that feeling in the pit of my stomach, knowing what how I was feeling physically, yet getting complimented by other people for the way that I looked. Um, so that was really hard. And after going to doctor's appointments for myself, trying to figure out what was wrong, they were sending me to have tests done and blood work. And when I kept saying, you know, I am dealing with a lot of stress being a new mom, it was almost an afterthought for some doctors that maybe there was something going on with my mental health. That was the last thing that they were thinking of? I Yeah. You were 10 months postpartum. So that's not all that unusual to experience postpartum even that long after birth. Uh, there is a saying, nine months in, 10 months out. There is a reason for that because your body has to undo what it has been doing for the better part of a year. It, that alarms me Yes, that the, that the doctors, the professionals were sending you through all of these tests and ignoring the glaring symptoms that were all due to your mental health. 
Yes, it was very scary because I felt like it was presenting itself more as these physical symptoms. And I think the doctors were trying to feed, to treat the physical symptoms. Um, I finally went directly to my OB and I remember um, them giving me like a little check sheet where you would rate yourself like on a scale one to five <laughs> with all of these um, questions. And one, I think once I realized how I was answering those questions, I just completely broke down um, in the room waiting for the doctor to come in. And I was just bawling because I said, yes, this this is how I've been feeling. And I think it took me up until that moment to really realize even for myself how bad it was and how much stress, anxiety, and depression I was really dealing with. So once you came to the realization it wasn't even it wasn't even a medical professional that was able to diagnose you with that which like i said alarms me but once you were able to acknowledge and recognize that and your physician walked into the room were you able to work out a plan together to allow for a recovery yes Yes, finally, um, you know, she was able to really connect with me and help me, re, you know, think through some ideas of what we can do to get me back on the right track. Um, and that included therapy. Um, and again, this was almost well, right about three years ago. And I still see my therapist regularly. That has been incredibly helpful um, to talk to somebody and just have somebody to you know, to work through some things going on. Um, so therapy was a huge thing for me. Um, that and kind of finding extra time for myself and self-care and setting boundaries of what, you know, needs to be done and what doesn't need to be done. Um, one of the best pieces of advice my therapist gave me was that kind of giving me permission to go into what she called emergency mode. And it was like, okay, right now, you are dealing with a lot and mentally you you know need a break and you have a small child at home maybe there's some things that you can let go so that you can spend time getting yourself feeling better um like maybe you don't need to clean the house from top to bottom this weekend like you think you do like there's things that can be put aside so that you can really focus on yourself so your therapist actually gave you permission and and I and I know that that sounds sounds um, believe me it sounds absurd but I know being a type A woman myself it sometimes takes someone else outside of myself to give me permission to drop something mm -hmm. so in this case your therapist said it's okay for you to have a dirty house one weekend are there any other things that she told you to do that were able to help help guide you through this period in your life because this is very difficult. You've never been there before. Mm -hmm. You didn't, it, all of it was new. Are there any other things that she said, this is what you should do, or this is what you should try to help get yourself back on track? Yeah, definitely. I think recognizing what the triggers were for me that made me feel anxious, which at the time was a lot um, surrounding my son's food allergies and food and feeding him and that type of thing really gave me a lot of anxiety. So realizing what those triggers were. And then in those moments when I was having overwhelming anxiety, um, learning self-talk 
and going through, talking through all the things that I know to be true, um, was able to kind of help center myself and allow me to kind of move through those moments that made me feel very anxious. Um, so that was extremely helpful. And then just finding time to work self-care into my routine. Um, and I think a lot of people have different definitions of what self-care is. So sometimes for me, self-care is just taking something off of my plate that may be causing me stress, whether it's um, that I didn't clean the house this week or that I didn't get something done, <laughs> you know, kind of taking something off my plate or delegating it to somebody else who maybe can help. Um, I think as a mom too, asking for help is really difficult. So learning that there are people that you know are around you that are willing to help out with things, um, taking advantage of that and just, you know, doing some self-care and finding things that helped me to feel better. So I want to recall a couple of things that you just said, because I think there are lots of women and maybe some men that are listening and saying, I want to know more about that. So I want to go back to the first thing you said, which is telling yourself things that you know to be true. Mm-hmm. What what does that mean when you're define that for me? Yeah. So in my situation, I think it's most helpful to share an example. Um, in my situation, you know, with Luca having food allergies, um, before having even eaten any food, I would have anxiety having to have him try real food for the first time. Um, so talking about things like, well, I know that this food that I'm about to give him does not have any of his food that he's allergic to, or I know that I made this myself and it, you know, hasn't come in contact with any foods that he is allergic to. So this should be safe for him. And just reminding myself of things that are true in that moment and not trying to think about what could go wrong or anticipate things that haven't happened yet. Like really center yourself and ground yourself and remind yourself what is true in that moment. And and I thank you for that definition because that is something that I don't think that we do very well. I, I think that we allow our anxieties, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I sometimes allow my anxieties to tell me lies. Mm-hmm. And that raises my level of stress and anxiety. So saying things, maybe even out loud, I know this to be true. Hearing it, I would assume, calms your anxiety to a point where you're like, okay, I'm not going to let this control me. I'm in control of this. Exactly. Yes. The fact that you're in control and that, you know, in any situation that you're doing everything you can for the best outcome of a situation. Um, I do think that a lot of times we allow ourselves to get caught up in what could happen or what could go wrong. So instead of letting your mind go to those places where you're going to start worrying about things that haven't happened yet, remind yourself of what you are doing to make the outcome come out right. And I'm also glad that you said that self-care looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Because I think when people hear self-care, and I know that that is everybody's new phrase of choice right now, and everybody thinks that you know we're, we're sitting around having a spa day, painting our toes, and yes. <laughs> doing face masks, which 
does sometimes happen. I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you that it doesn't. And for you, it may be, well, I'm not going to worry about cleaning the house. For somebody else, it may be, I'm going to send somebody else to the grocery store. Or for somebody else, it might be, I need 15 minutes to lock myself in my room and do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's whatever it is that you need to recenter yourself and give you a moment. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes I lock myself in the bathroom and I will wash my face and do a face mask that I do pretty regularly and consider that my self-care. But um, other times, yeah, it's like, you know what? I'm going to order out dinner tonight instead of spending the time cooking a meal because I'm tired and I'm going to give myself a little break. Or, you know, I'm going to find 15 minutes to just read a book or listen to music or do a workout. You know, something that you know makes you personally feel better And the best thing you can do is try to schedule it and make it part of your routine. So I try to do something every Sunday night to focus on self-care to get myself feeling best for the week. And the last thing that you had mentioned about all of that, and and I want to reiterate on what Amanda is saying, she's taking care of herself because if she doesn't take care of herself, she's not in any position to take care of anybody else. Neither are any of us. None of us can fill from an empty cup. So that is what she is saying and giving details on how to achieve that. The last thing that you said, I think, is really striking striking a nerve with me in a good way because it's something that I don't do well. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that it doesn't, that isn't natural for them, which is ask for help. And I have been for several months, one of the questions that I ask my guests is, what do you need? Because I'm trying to eliminate that stigma of we've got to have it all. We've got to have it all done and we got to manage it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we need to start communicating what we need. And that's exactly what you're saying. Communicate when you need help, when you need something. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, the more that you can surround yourself with people who are there, even just to give you some words of encouragement, the better. Um, You know, it's it means the world to me to have my mom close to me and that she loves taking her grandson for the day. So anytime she offers, I say yes take him, um, (laughs) you know, and give me a little bit of a break. So when people offer, um, I just say, take advantage of it. So with this experience that you've had with your son and realizing that it was affecting you mentally far more than you actually anticipated it to do, it inspired you to create your blog and your lifestyle of Amanda Balancing Life. Tell us a little bit about what Amanda, Amanda Balancing Life is. Yeah, so it's a blog platform where I just share some simple tips and tricks for women, working moms, um, everything from simple recipes to ideas that you can do at home with your toddler to keep them busy, um, especially during the past couple months, being at home and having small children at home. I know how difficult that is. So having, you know, I, little ideas to keep your kids busy or simple recipes to be able to make, um, just to make healthier and better lifestyle choices. Um, again, I think that's really important in helping other women and getting this message out there about 
um, postpartum depression and, um, you know, ways to bring awareness and more knowledge to that is super important to me. I'm starting a Instagram live that I'm trying to do a couple times a month to bring, you know, badass women on my Instagram live with me just to talk through some things going on with um, women today, whether it's in the workplace or at home with their kids. So you're really creating a support system, a community surrounded by moms, other moms trying to help each other out because let's face it, this job's hard. Yes, it is. Yes. And, and I mean, in this year, this pandemic didn't make this job any easier. As a matter of fact, it made it way more complicated. And so we're all tired. And it would be wonderful to be able to have a community that you can go to with no judgment that does nothing but support each other and raise each other up and give each other tricks on how to make it through. Yes, exactly. So one of the first things that you had said to me when I met you was balance doesn't exist. (laughs) And boy, isn't that the truth? That is a a big fat lie. There's no such thing as balance because you can't be all things to all people at all times and have that imperfect harmony. It just isn't real. But you have created a mindset around that of balance doesn't exist, but you've you do something else to help you and keep your life in harmony because it works for you. What is that? So what I have felt has worked best for me is to really just lean into where I'm needed most in that moment. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, the times when I'm at work, I try not to think about other things that need my attention. Um, I try to be fully present there and be the best employee that I can. And when I come home to my son, I try to be the best mom that I can in those moments. And when he needs me, I need to push other things aside to be there for him. Um, Kind of like exactly what you said, you can't do it all at the same time. So finding time Um, and trying to schedule out as much as I can where I'm needed most and being flexible because it's not going to always go to plan. (laughs) Like If my son gets sick, well, then that's where I need to lean in in that moment. If, you know, other family members or somebody else needs me, that's where I need to lean in that moment. If I'm having a bad mental health day and I'm not feeling my best, then I need to kind of focus on myself and maybe take up some help from somebody else to pick up in those other areas where I just can't put my focus at that time. And you are using your platform to help other moms or women in general, maybe even men in general, to help with that because there are plenty of women out there that aren't necessarily moms or no longer have children at home. They're trying to figure it out, trying to find harmony, but you have created an entire community to help synergize their families, their lives without losing their minds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the other important thing is trying to help spread awareness of this to other women who aren't moms yet. Because I think, like I said in the beginning, I had this idea going into it that I'd be able to do it all. And then it kind of hit me like I, you know, like I hit a brick wall. So the idea of helping them plan as much and finding, you know, this shift in mindset prior to having a family, um, hopefully that can just help them with that transition a little bit easier. 
thank you for doing that. Thank you for breaking that false narrative of it has to be perfect and your your children have to be clean at all times with a perfect house and be able to manage it all, manage your job, manage your children, manage your husband, manage whatever. Thank you for breaking that thought process and exposing that that's not real and giving moms or future moms the reality and the support that they need. So I applaud you for doing that. And I I wish that more people would. So thank you for being a champion for that and and giving us some support in that area. Thank you. If women want to contact you and get more information or participate in one of your live events, where can they reach you? You can email me at amanda at amandabalancinglife.com. And then you can find my website, amandabalancinglife.com and on Instagram at amandabalancinglife. Amanda, thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate, you know, you making this platform to get women's voices out there and be able to share stories like this. I am so appreciative of you being willing to do that. I asked you to speak about a very personal and very private and sensitive subject, and you did it with without hesitation, without regret. And I can't thank you enough for doing it because we need to do it more. So thank you again for your openness and your vulnerability to talk to me and being here with me today. Absolutely. If you want more information, please go connect with Amanda. She's creating an entire community to help support and uplift you. Thank you again for all of your time. And we'll see you again next time. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for being here this week. I want to say sincerely thank you to all of you for your support and your continued encouragement as we continue on this journey that I never expected. The reality is, is that I can't do this without you and I wouldn't want to. I I do this because I want to make us all better. I want to create a community where we feel heard, where we feel supported, and we are celebrated. And we are doing that every single day and it's just getting better. And I want to hear from all of you. So please connect with me. And you can connect with me on any one of our social pages. And you can reach me at Audra, which is A-U-D-R-A, at womeninthearena.net. Please send me whatever you need. If you need help, if you need resources, if you want to make a referral, I want to know. So please connect with me because I can't wait to talk to you. Thank you again for being here and your support. And I can't wait to do it again next week. So we'll see you again next time. That's our show. I am so grateful for each and every one of you and your unwavering support and your continued belief in this movement that has become much bigger than me, much bigger than just a podcast. It has become this forward momentum that we are all doing together. If you are ready or you know somebody that is, that is ready to tell your story and share your value with the world, please connect with me. 
You can reach me at Audra at womeninthearena.net. I am so honored and thankful that you will share your story with me and I'll make sure that it is well taken care of. I will never stop thanking each and every one of you. And I cannot wait to talk to you again next week as we share another woman's story and we celebrate her doing extraordinary things in plain sight. We'll see you next time. This is just the beginning.